1: Hey everybody! Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by WinBet uh, Sports. If you can bet in your locality, please use WinBet.com. I'm Jeff Erickson. My guest today is the great Christopher Harris from HarrisFootball.com. How's it going, my man? How you doing? I'm doing
2: great. Thanks for having me on, Jeff.
1: Of course, of course. Uh, getting ready for another season. I know you just have been rolling with your division previews over on your podcast. So uh, you just kind of got started what
2: two weeks ago. Um, something like that, Ju- uh, beginning of J- July, I do, yeah. I do four weeks of, uh, of two shows a week, two podcasts a week. And then, right. uh, once August comes, it's five a week. Yeah.
1: Okay. Very good. And I know, of course you were busy all the way through the draft as well, doing a lot of stuff before, you know, bef- you know, before you took a little bit of time off the summer. So you can do some writing, uh, as I know you're a <laughs> prolific writer as well.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, and also doing this stupid almanac that by now I hate.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, of yeah. course. Um, so biggest news is obviously Cam Akers got hurt. Or the, the news came out yesterday about Cam Akers rupturing his Achilles tendon. Awful, awful news. Uh, I, think, I think it broke like right before us starting a baseball podcast yesterday morning. Um, and it, it's it's terrible, you know, and the, the track record of players coming back from that, running backs coming back from that injury is really awful too.
2: Yeah, not great. Um, I was in the middle of doing my show. I was uh, – our mutual buddy, Jake Seeley, was – I was in the middle of asking him a question about the Saints or something, and he there was a long pause. and He goes, uh, I don't know if I should interrupt you here because you know it's not live, so we're taping it. I don't know if I should interrupt you here, but Cam Makers just tore his Achilles, and I was like, blah, 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 blah. So we didn't yeah. talk about it in our segment, but um, but I then I'd already recorded the open of the show, right? So I and it was pretty pedestrian <laughs> not a lot right, of news right. going on and all of a sudden i was like i guess i better re-record the open of the podcast which i did uh yeah not not good for the kid it's too bad um not good for the rams i don't believe for one second that uh, they're not going to sign someone else you know i think that's nice. Right. but um yeah not great
1: yeah, it's not great.
2: So let, let's talk about what
1: we do know about Darrell Henderson. I don't want to like speculate on how much he's going to get used because and what and the, who the Rams are going to bring in because they could bring in a lot of different players, and we'll, we'll, we'll address that when they do. But just watching Darrell Henderson play. Uh, I think it's Darrell,
2: right? I, don't
1: think I always right. thought it was Darrell, so it uh, could be wrong. I guess I should get the pronunciation guide and find out. Uh, watching <laughs> Henderson play,
2: what do we know about him? So he's, you know, he he has ridden the hype, the various directions of hype that you can ride. Um, his rookie year, people were, uh, and it's probably not the same people. Hype is generated by different people, right? But uh, he during his rookie year, leading up to, we were told definite feature back. You should have seen him at Memphis. A lot of college scouts very very uh, excited about him, and then he barely played. Right? He didn't he didn't play right. much in his rookie season. Coming into last season, it's like everybody completely fell in lo- out of love with him. Probably different people, right? But the market, I felt like, undervalued him last year for what they said his potential was two years before. And, you know, I think as of like week 10 last year, I think he was he was in the top 20, 20, 25 fantasy running backs. He hadn't been great, but neither had Cam Akers been. There really hadn't been uh, much production at all. And right. what I'll say about Henderson is um, – he has, you know, more characteristics of a satellite back, more characteristics of, of the other guy. And, and it's very clear. Well, I, I wouldn't say it's very clear, but it's it towards December of last year, Cam Akers really took that job over. And Henderson right. was more of that satellite player. And uh, so so what goes along with that is you know, quick and relatively speedy not a burner but you know definitely can move a little bit and never really showed you a a ton that was physical and when Cam Akers came in and really had that great run in December and then also into the playoffs uh he was very physical you know she sort of brought a different look to the Rams offense so my feeling is probably that's what Henderson is that he's more of a perimeter player and more of a speed option even though he's not the super speed guy. And I don't think he's a shrinking violet and I don't think he's incapable of being a, a you know relatively powerful player, but it's not, you know, he's in that 200 pound uh, not going to knock a guy over if the guy has him squared up kind of player and acres will. Um, so, so I just, I, you know, I, I had to do in, intermediate ranks just because we don't yet know what the Ram situation is. And I, sure. I went in the like twenty three to twenty four kind of rank among standard league running backs, and not too different from that in PPR either. But I just I do feel like it's a placeholder. Yeah, uh, and you just we have to do something, right? And you have to put them there. Now about your ranking process
1: do you do you run projections or are you just rank? Not i mean just say just rank. But do you do you rank <laughs> or do you use projections to help you in the ranking process? Because Jeff, I, Jeff, let me tell you, I take the coward's way out and just rank. <laughs> yeah, it's not just rank because you know what. We're talking about this. Listen and I were talking about this on Monday and what goes behind the process. Projections are there in part because people play in so many different leagues, and right. you don't want to have to have like eight different sets of rankings that you have to update every single time according to each sort of leagues. Right. You can do it if you want to have a proxy where it's driven by the stat projection. Well, then it's there. Plus, people do auction leagues and things like that. Uh, people want to have that in front of you. We didn't really always rank by this. When we, When I first started doing this, we just – We ranked it and that was actually better in a way. Sometimes the you get you know, you get beholden to your projections in a way, and then that spits out your ranking. You're like, "Ah, it's not really what I wanted to do, but I I look at the projection and it's fine. I was like, but the projections are just this kind of conjuring, anyhow. It's
2: it's not can I say that in a different way? Can I say that yes? Yes. Projections are baloney. (laughs) Yes. Projections in baseball are very worth I used to cover baseball long, long ago for ESPN. And they're very worthy because you're, you, you, as long as the guy doesn't get hurt and is a major league player, you have a certain number of at bats coming towards him. And, you know, you feel like you got a sense of what the guy does with a certain number of at bats. It's just not the way the NFL works. And uh, I specifically stay away from projections for exactly that reason. It's because it is a shortcut to doing multiple ranks. And instead, I just make myself do multiple ranks. But, uh, right. but no, I'm not doing, I'm, uh, what I'm trying to do is weigh the, Rather than projection, I'm doing expected value. I'm trying to, in my mind, multiply the probability of all the possible outcomes mm-hmm. against all the possible outcomes, and then add it up and come up with, I think, is, you know, what you could relatively expect. So yeah, I am, I do take the coward's way out. I don't think it's a coward's way out. I think I it know, might be a smart way out. Yeah. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. You. Um, right, right. But like, so, so for Henderson, um, in in that almanac thing that I do, I watch a, a crap ton of film, and I so I've watched. I rewatched a little yesterday, but I over the course I wrote his profile probably back in I don't even know June or something, right? Uh, and I give everybody a film grade across okay. a few different dimensions, and just to give you a sense of my assessment of, it, of him, I mm-hmm. gave him a B plus for speed, I gave him a B plus for elusiveness, I gave him a C for power. How about pass catching? Do you did you yeah, do you evaluate a, that? I gave him a B, which is a which is not a you know, what that's saying is oh yeah, this guy had 16 catches. Like, I think he can catch it okay. But, you know, they, they really didn't throw it to him very much. They didn't really throw it to the backs at all that much last year. Um, right, right. So, uh, you know, I hope that at least puts people in the mindset of what I think of him. But, you know, of course that's fungible and very um, subjective as well. I think someone like Peterson, I think someone like, like I don't think Duke Johnson is the right fit. For the Rams, people went crazy on Twitter, like, Duke Johnson's just sitting right there, he's in his prime. And I think Duke Johnson and Daryl Henderson have a little bit more of an overlap than I would want them to. I think a, a bigger guy like Cam Akers. Yeah, <laughs> well, and
1: the thing is, Duke Johnson's not in his prime either. I um, I would say he's post-prime. I mean, I love... I, I, a little bit. I mean, you know, the, if you look at like the you know aging curve of running backs and all, that I, I'd I'd argue that he's post. But you know, he, he's always. I mean, I know you, you one of your or was it your first or one of your earliest YouTube videos was on Duke Johnson and just how good he is as a receiver and just how good he is.
2: Period. But that was when he was with the Browns. Uh yeah, good good player. I think he, you know. Yeah. this he's he is a satellite back. I mean, he's twenty seven yeah. years old, so like. He's taken no punishment. He's you know he has. That's important. true. They're not in many carries, but I just don't think that's the right fit for that particular team. Because if if Duke Johnson is your other back, that means Daryl Henderson has to be your goal line back, has to be yeah. your main dude. And I myself don't expect that that turns out to be the case. Although there's this kid, right, Xavier, what's his name? Xavier Jones, right? Xavier Jones, who I don't know anything about and have never seen play. There's no film on, so like. Maybe we're all being led down the primrose path and we're gonna it's gonna turn out that Xavier Jones was the guy.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah, you could just watch college his college film from SMU, or you know, you can look at Jake Funk's college film and all that, or you could wait to see what the Rams do in the right. season. So I've got Daryl Henderson in a dynasty league. You know, it's kind of a little like, oh, so I have this on my hands. I feel like the Rams are gonna do something else. Right. And now right. is about as good as a time as ever to it's
2: see what I can get for him. Yeah. What? What? Um, what would you look for? Sure. I think it would depend on what else you have. If you felt pretty set at running back, and you and you didn't really need the lottery ticket, that Darrell Henderson was going to be a big, you know. So let's let's t- let's paint the other side of that of that s- situation. Ram offensive line. When last we saw it, you could make the argument it was the best in the NFL. It's a it's a really good offensive line. Things those things change. I wouldn't want to bank on an offensive line staying great because. They often right. don't. It's a it's sort right. of a chemistry year by year, even with the same unit. Sometimes they just sort of lose their lose their way. So I don't want to paint that as like I'm positive the Rams offensive line is great, and any running back carrying the ball behind it is going to be great. I don't know that for sure, but there's a chance, there's a pretty good chance I saw the I saw it happen last year. So you can tell yourself, dynasty or otherwise, you can tell yourself that Henderson finds himself in a good enough situation that I just kind of want to let it ride. It's not an automatic sell, but it, okay. all this is by way of getting back to your team. It's like, if, if you felt like he was your fifth running back and you're, you, you've got three other guys, you're like, these are my starters Then I'm kind of with you. You, you, you might be able to get, you'd probably looking at another position, you know, you probably wouldn't be looking at running back, but you might get some, a really good receiver. Yeah. To be honest, I it's, I'm not thrilled
1: with my running back situation, but it's like Gaskin well Swift Gaskin. Uh, Mike Davis, who is also at right. you know at, at, I think at that yeah, point you very transient on. value, yeah. Maybe I, I, I should hang point, on
2: because because yeah because I might be wrong. I'm not even really saying he can't be a good player. I'm just saying he's never been used in this role. Where if he's if we go into week one and Daryl Henderson is is the lead running back and it's this it's roughly the same Ram offense. If anything, heaven you know I mean Matthew Stafford is if anything, sort of more reliant on a traditional running game because he's not Mr. Play Actions as much, right? He's, right. he's going to run around. He needs a little misdirection. He's, he needs he needs the defense to not be uh, chasing him at the snap. And, uh, you know, th- there's a scenario where Henderson proves capable of the job and, and we just haven't seen him used in that way. Uh, but the fact is we haven't seen him used in that way. We kind of have to go based on – on what we've seen him do and every, anything else is a projection. And I, and I, and I, I think the Rams will be doing themselves a disservice if they don't have a power back. And maybe it's this, this Jones kid, but um, mm. I don't think it's Jake Funk. All right. Well, there you go. Maybe they trade for Carlos Hyde
1: or something like that. Sure.
2: He- there, yeah. There could be a, a funny trade. There could be a, yeah. um, like it's funny, I find myself in the exact opposite situation in La Liga Lebowski, which we talk about sometimes. My big, you know, big dynasty league that there are like hundreds of clone leagues, fans who who run our our crazy dynasty rules, and I have Cam Akers in that league. It was it was going to be the Akers and Saquon Barkley show, and it's
3: not.
1: Oh no, <laughs> oh, no. oh no. Well, you, do you
2: have do you have you already done your draft? Not the uh, not the veteran auction. Uh, but with the rookie draft, yeah, the rookie draft is back in June. But the, the problem with this league is it's like it's contracts and, you know, there's five or six good running backs a year who are not under contract. So the auction takes an hour and a half because most of the players are kept from year to year. Makes sense. That makes
1: yeah. sense. Um, what's a, a quick note here from uh, one of our sponsors? Uh, let, let's uh, insert that right now.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
1: And we're back, very seamless. You didn't even notice that we just had a note from one of our sponsors. But anyways, I'm here with Christopher Harris from HarrisFootball.com. A uh, couple other uh, quick uh, news items, and we'll move on to general draft philosophy. But I want to talk a little Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, it's the you know he ha- the specter hanging over a lot of our drafts. We don't know if he's going to play or not. He turned down a contract extension. Does that matter
2: to you? I don't think it's even a story. Okay think it's a bunch of nonsense that we don't have anything to talk about on july 20 whatever and like i know adam Schefter personally he's a friend of mine i really like him and he has to do he can only do what he can do with what he's given and right. aaron Rodgers isn't talking to him and so i'm gonna guess that the team is the only way he was he found out from from anybody that aaron Rodgers was talking contract at all was the team and the team trying to make themselves look good positioning themselves. And they say, I'm not saying they're lying that they didn't talk contract, but do we know anything about the guaranteed money in that contract? Do we know anything about voidable years in this supposed contract offer? This, this contract offer that was supposedly making him the, the highest paid guy for another how, you know, a lot, a lot of years or whatever. All we know is something was offered and Rogers laughed at it. Yeah. Was it a laughable offer? See, here's the thing the Packers have, I understand why Aaron Rodgers feels the way he feels. First of all, he just doesn't like the general manager. And second of all, they took a quarterback in the first round. (laughs) They drafted his replacement. Of course, he doesn't feel great about it. Of course, he's saying, dude, either commit to me or don't commit to me. Don't give me the whole, don't do to me what you did to Brett Favre with me. Right? Uh, Of course, he's pissed. Of course, like, why wouldn't he be? Um, I don't think this is news. I think this is, we don't. If, if you if you could put a piece of paper in front of me, or if Schefter could put a piece of paper in front of me and say, "This is the exact offer Rogers turned down," and we could go, "Oh, well, that was a pretty legit offer that would have made Aaron Rodgers the quarterback for the next six years, and Jordan Love would have had to go somewhere else." I think we would all go, "Man, yeah." If Rogers didn't take that, that's that really says something about his intentions, right? But given yeah, that, it's just like, "Oh yeah, there was a piece of paper over there and it had some words on it, Jeff." And um, <laughs> And and he turned it down. And what a dirt! What a jerk! Right? It's clear he's screwing the Packers. Like this is PR.
3: I agree.
1: Uh, I absolutely yeah. 100% agree with you on that. And especially the way contract negotiations are dealt with in public. Uh, same thing it goes like with like on a larger scale when it's players' association versus management. You know, all the talk about the offers that are made. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's PR versus PR. However, there
2: is that concern: is is he going to sit out? That's are you right. concerned about that? Yeah, I mean of course of course that doesn't mean that what the implication of the story is imp- is implying isn't true we just we flat out don't have the information. Yeah. And yeah. as a media uh borg as a media conglomerate as a media entity the run the NFL media does not do good with not knowing things. It fills in gaps, right? And so right. 100% there's a concern I have so far assumed that rationality will prevail and that the, I don't know, let's see, most valuable player of the NFL will somehow find his way back into the team that he just played for, and that team will find a way to make it work in the short term, at least for one more year. Yeah. Uh, and so for the moment, I've kind of just said, listen, I got to rank for the purposes of August 1st. That's when my big book comes out and everybody reads it. And for the purposes of now... I go Aaron Rodgers is my QB two and Devontae Adams is my wide receiver one. And I understand that other people at the moment are ha- are saying, no, I have to, if I was doing a draft this second, I would have to bake in the idea of Rodgers not playing and therefore I can't get him above QB eight or whatever. Um, you know, my my point is you're not drafting now. If you're drafting now, you're making a mistake. Let's not draft now. Uh, I'm drafting on Friday. I'm making a huge mistake. But... <laughs> <laughs> right, well, what kind of league is it?
1: It's uh, NFFC uh, uh, RotoWire Online Championship, uh, the first beat Jeff Erickson
2: draft. Right. So, like, you know, it's – oh, fine. If For the purposes of that draft, if somebody wants to downgrade the Packers because of the uncertainty, I'm with you. Fine. Yeah. You could downgrade them a little bit. But for the moment, I'm keeping everybody where they are because I – and and then and then there does come the question. All right, training camp arrives. The Packers report. I think a week from Monday, yesterday. I can't remember, but some something like that. Uh, you know, if he's not there, which I don't think we know at all. I don't think anybody expects one way or the other. Then I'm going to have a decision to make. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have a decision to make uh, yeah. about whether to downgrade him. But I still don't think I will because I still think he plays because it just makes too much sense. It'd be one thing. Brett Favre when the end came. We remember what that was like. We're old, Jeff. Yes, we are. That that was a bad end. He didn't play well at the end. True, it's true. And meanwhile, Rodgers was amazing last year. So yeah,
1: you know, that that that's where you know he, he's not at that point in his career. People thought he was two years ago. People thought he was three years ago. Uh, there's a reason why they were looking to draft his replacement. It was a rational thing to at least be thinking towards the future a little bit. They could have <laughs> explained it a little bit better. Maybe communicated with him a little bit but
2: so, who knows if they did or didn't it's really kind of not their job there's no argument it's just that when the facts then change and you realize yeah, you have the yeah. best quarterback in the league playing for you you then yeah. adjust and you go okay cool well here here's jordan love here's this property who we can develop and keep as a backup but we could also steve young him you know and that that, that that's happened before right i think yeah. I just need, you know like i I, I, that's not to, I, that's not me saying, and that means the Packers are dumb and they've they've handled this wrong or whatever. My point is that nobody's handled anything yet. We don't know anything yet. Right. So the, to jump to conclusions that Rodgers is a jerk, or and or that the Packers have done some hugely disrespectful thing, and you know oh the, oh their fans an apology or whatever. I don't think either of those things are true yet. Let's see.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair, uh, and it just it's a possibility he doesn't play. Like Lev Bell was like, how could he be rational? Well, In his mind, he was rational and he got paid. So maybe it worked for him. So well, there you go. You know, you know, it didn't
2: work on the field, but you know, right. he got, he got his But is it, Isn't it a, like, it's a possibility. Anybody doesn't play that. Anybody's mad about their contract and doesn't play. Do you really believe that we know enough now to say that Aaron Rodgers is way more likely nope, than no. the average player? No, we don't.
1: We don't. And I think that's it's just anything. the point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right, one more. Saquon Barkley, unsure about his return date. You know, probably won't practice this first week of training camp when the Giants do report. Uh, uncertainty for Week One. It's there. There's a lot
2: of again, a lot we don't know. There's a lot of black box stuff there. But those are the kinds of black boxes that aren't going to get answered. Yeah. I just when a player is coming off such a massive injury, he's a running back. I, I the only the only thing that could come out is negative. The only thing yeah. to come out is bad. Only thing to come out is yeah, is swelling, knee swelling. Yeah. You know, there's, there's really no for me no upward mobility in what I'll think of Saquon Barkley and I'm probably the biggest fan that he has in the industry. Um he was my number one last year, he's been my number one every year he's in the league practically. Uh he's not this year because it's because we just don't know. We we can't know. We can't know. I don't I, I don't care that he won't practice the first week of training camp, I find training camp mostly to be completely useless as a source of news. The Really the only thing that's not entirely true there, you know, I care what happens in the saints uh, training camp. Of course, of course, I do. Right. Like, can, you know, can taste Hill throw a ball that matters. Right. With, but in the case of someone like Barkley, if he's himself, we have zero questions about him and, and he is what he is, but he carries risk because surgically repaired knees sometimes don't res- respond great the, over the course of a full season. Once you have, when you have one, And if it's negative stories, we go, okay, let's change it. His knee's swelling. We have to probably put him running back 30. Let's not draft him. Let's just let someone else take that risk. Uh, So so this particular news doesn't matter to me, and I don't imagine there's really a lot of change coming, unless, which I don't really expect, but unless we get the whole, yeah, his knee's swelling, he can't practice back-to-back days, it's a girly type situation.
1: Yeah, and that that would be hideous and horrible, and hopefully we don't get there. But hopefully we get more than – rocky balboa like beach training camp uh tra- workout videos also uh because those that's that doesn't move the needle either
2: you know that you know cousin josh from my show and he loves those
1: <laughs> yes of course Liz, I, I do I, I do the show with Liz and he he, he we, we went back and forth on that for a second uh too for for a hot second you know right before the fsga draft i think that was um my uh, guest here is christopher harris quick note uh Sports Gambling Podcast Network is joining us this year. The Sports Gambling Podcast Network is your home for the most entertaining sports gambling content. Sean Green and Ryan Kramer host the flagship Sports Gambling Podcast, getting you ready to make money on the NFL, where they've picked every game against the spread since 2011. SGPN also has you covered with the college football experience. The college football experience has a preview episode dedicated to every one of the 130 college football teams at the, at the, the top level. SGPN also covers fantasy football, MLB, golf, MMA, NHL, NBA, and more. If you can bet on it, they cover it. If the free picks and podcasts weren't enough, uh, they're also giving out a free shot to win $100,000 during NFL Week 1. That's right, a free roll for a chance to win $100,000 exclusively on their new SGPN app. Download the SGPN app in the App Store or Google Play Store for tons of free picks, free podcasts, and free prizes. Remember, SGPN doesn't sell picks. They make them. All right, Chris. I, I want to talk a little bit about general draft and evaluations philosophy because this is where this is the good stuff. It's not just like speculating in the news and all that. Um, the first thing I, you know, one of the things I really like that you do is you make an emphasis on looking what what the player does, watching the film, looking at what he's done, not just looking at the projected role, guessing what coaches are going to do. Um, it, it, this is I, I, I'm trying to, you know, I, I'm doing the time honored technique of making a statement and trying to turn it into a question, but uh, you know. How did, you, how did you kind of evolve your fantasy football analysis into becoming more film-oriented?
2: So as I mentioned earlier, I was at ESPN for, for eight years. Yep. And when I started, I didn't really do anything regularly. I didn't really do this. i was lucky to find the job at the time when fantasy sports was just about to go boom. And I came in and was was part of a team that uh, covered a lot of different things. And so I covered a lot of different things. I came in writing about baseball, I came in writing about football. I came writing about NASCAR. Yeah. Fantasy NASCAR. And also being on TV for all these things. I was part of the original crew of NASCAR Now. That's amazing. I used to sit next to Dale Jarrett. He was so nice. By the way, Dale Jarrett, such a nice person. That's awesome. So, so, so nice. And obviously he was like, probably in the back of his mind, like, who is this jackass telling me who's going to win at Talladega? Like... He doesn't, he doesn't even know anything about it. I'm, like, I'm the first one to admit it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm approaching it from a more, more of a math perspective, more of a stats perspective. And that was really the way I looked at all of it. I looked at baseball the way I still think we all look at baseball. I don't cover baseball anymore, but you know, when you're talking about, we talked about it earlier, you're, you're, when you're talking about baseball, it's a 600 at bats and tell me what's going to happen. I got a lot of great data, very repeatable batter pitcher interactions that are mm-hmm. 600 times a season, pretty repeatable from year to year. You're not going to get some weird wild and, and it kind of lets you build a model of the world that you expect. And then you can kind of compare that model to other people's models and also what the market's doing. And they're find, right. find, just very mathematically pleasing uh, to cover to cover fantasy baseball or to cover baseball at all. And I took the same approach the first couple of years with football, too. And I was like, I suck. <laughs> we all <laughs> suck. We're wrong all the time. We guess about who what the death chart is and we guess about what the who you know who who the top receiver is and we say they have to throw it this many times and and we're wrong every year and we're all wrong in exactly the same uninteresting ways there's all this group think about well who else is there in that backfield right right and i just sort of started to realize that those first couple of years, I was a lot better analysis wise on the Patriots <laughs> on the teams. I'm in New England right now. Right. And I, right. The Patriots. I apologize. I, I can't help it. I predate the obnoxiousness of winning all those titles. Um, and I just came to realize that, yeah, the way you find out who's good usually is just by watching them play and saying that guy is good. And, and the best methodology that I could come up with to become better at my job was to Usually good the good players are the ones who poked through and had good fantasy seasons. That's clearly, Jameis Winston has had a very great season for fantasy. So we're not saying it's always true, but it seems like the most reliable truth. And there was a point in my, relatively early in my ESPN tenure where I decided, hey, man, if you guys can get me all the games over the course of an early week, I'll watch them all and I'll say who I think is good. And so that became what I started doing. It became a terrible, terrible curse upon my house. <laughs> uh it me no and you know there's i just i watch so much football uh and uh but you know it's kind of grown into this thing where of course i'm paying attention to depth charts and of, of course i know who's produced good numbers in the past and uh but i develop opinions on who i think is exceptionally good and maybe who is being graded as exceptionally good who i think isn't who will who will alex collins his way out of the league as it were and uh And that's kind of how that's where it came from. And so, yeah, if you during the football season, Jeff knows we both we live near each other. We're golf friends. Jeff knows like during the football season, you can't bother me on Monday or Tuesday. No, (laughs) that's what I'm doing (laughs) No, You know, and
1: I I, you're, you're introduced me to Brett Coleman and he does great film work, too. And, you know, he worked for NFL Network. And, you know, I think the tricky part is, yeah, we watch a ton of stuff, but then you start to start looking for certain things how to watch it probably has
2: evolved with you too i'd tell you i i wouldn't be a great i don't know like i i feel like yeah maybe it's just because i watch so much of it that i don't i don't feel like i have a conscious mechanism to go like huh let's uh let's give him a four for that play like i'm I, right, it's, right. it's never anything um quantitative it really isn't it's just about did I think that showed exceptional burst compared to the other 600 running plays I just watched this week? You know, did right. I? Like, I'm really, I'm really, it's one, I'm one person and I'm having to watch 16 games a week a, a lot of the time. And so it's just, it's going by real fast. It's, it's, uh, I'm almost like scrubbing the film across my eyeballs over and over. And I'm not saying I catch everything and I'm not saying I know for sure that I wa- I, I recognize every uh, incredible play or, but they it just feels like qualitatively, the guys who stand out from the ones who don't stand out, it just becomes, I don't know if I, do I have a technique? I feel like I just kind of watch and go, Ooh, <laughs> is it the just, it's the justice Potter technique. You, you know, I know it when
1: I see it. Yeah,
2: right. It yeah. is. A, it's, it's a little bit like, I, I'm sure it's not really that I'm sure it's, I'm sure. So Brett and Brett's a good pal of mine too. Have you guys ever met in person? Not in person. I had him on the pod last year, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, so Brett's a pal of mine. We hang out too. You and I hang out. We should all hang out. When, when the end times are over, we'll all hang out because he's right. in LA also. Uh, well, he's not quite in LA, you know, L.A. Jason. Uh, and, and he and I on my YouTube channel, oh, I, I mean, maybe three years ago now, we did this thing called Film Don't Lie University. Okay. And so, like, Film Don't Lie became like kind of, that's kind of the motto of my show, right? One of the, one of the many mottos of our stupid podcast. And, uh, and so we we tried to do a series of videos where we talked about, all right, we, we talk about all this stuff. Uh, here's what it looks like when we think a running back has good change of direction. Here's what it looks like when it looks like this guy, this running back has great burst or this route runner is a really great route runner or this quarterback has a strong arm as opposed to not strong arm. And people can still find, if you go to the Harris Football YouTube channel, that's still up there. Just look up Film Delaney University. I will. It, felt, well. <laughs> it, felt, it was awesome. What's that? I will check it out now. Okay, I yeah. definitely see it. So like, and it's the two of us talking for for a while, like just and and then showing clips, uh, like we actually show game film and say here here's what we mean. And it was great, and it was awesome, and people loved it, and we got asked, hey, would you do another? Would you do it again? Would you do it again? And and Brett and I talked about it, and we were kind of like, we feel like we did it. We feel there's not that complicated. A lot of times, it seemed like when we were doing these videos, it was it was like. Um, if a guy, if a defender, it's almost like watch the defender. If the defender's faked out and falls down, that means that guy's pretty good. You know, if the if, <laughs> if a, if a defender reaches to a place where he thinks he's supposed to be and he's not there anymore, that means that guy's pretty fast. If, if a route runner is just consistently losing a man-to-man coverage, like here's how to tell it's man coverage, and if he loses him, that probably means he's a pretty good route runner. Like it really feels like you know it when you see it because it's really just about the defense not being able to account for exceptional play.
1: Right. Uh, and and this all ties in to like when you know you do your rankings for the week, for the season, because it's what you see as opposed to like, oh, I'm going to guess about the role this year. You know, I'm going to guess. And that's the thing that you're strongest And this also ties into your thing. Why you eschew ADP. Like when you're, you're talking like you're telling me, hey, I don't know the ADP right now. it's like I know. Don't. I know you don't. I know. And I, I, that's one of the reasons it's great to talk to you right now is because <laughs> so you're stupid. not a slave to
2: ADP. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I really don't think anybody other than industry type, type things that you're talking about. I don't think anybody should be drafting until August 15th or whatever, you know, just don't, there's too much that's going to happen. The Cam Akers injury could happen August 20, you know, August 10th, August, well, it could happen anytime. Right. But uh, I, I want to, I want my league to draft as late as possible. Everybody feels that way, right? you you want your mm-hmm. league to draft as late as you possibly can, because you don't want the trick that once you've done the draft, now something massive, some massive injury comes. And so for the, for the first half of August, I just want to be able to talk. I have I have a big platform. I'm very thankful that I have a lot of people who listen, and I I just want um, my opinion to be my opinion. I want me I want to be able to just talk to you about what I think the players are capable of. Right. And I'm. It's not like I'm saying I'm pretending that Kareem Hunt doesn't play in Cleveland, and therefore I love Nick Chubb. You know, it's not like that. I I'm very aware of the depth chart, and I'm aware of who the better player is. But the other guy's pretty good too, and. This, is, this looks like a little bit of a cluster. I'm I'm weighing all that stuff in. I'm also trying to weigh in talent, I think, a lot more than a lot of other people do. And I just want my opinion for a couple of weeks to be able to say my opinions on players out loud, have the audience hear it, and not have it tainted or colored, let's use a better word, by this notion that, oh, there's great value in this guy. Like There's time right. for value. There's time for sleepers. There's time for busts. There's time for that really it's not the first couple of weeks of august in my opinion it's a it's more valuable for my audience to be able to hear me say i'm excited about what matthew stafford does for these receivers and here's right, why right. rather than having to get to get into the conversation of and the market is stupidly low on him and you should be taking him in the sixth round that that comes i got a, i do 20 shows in august there's plenty of time right right so my philosophy has just been to stay away from adp and of course a little bit of it filters in. you know, people know that about me, so on Twitter people are like, "What do you see Rogers ADP? Where do you see? I don't know who, yeah. you know Nick Chubb's ADP. Um, and it's fine. I don't care. I'm it's not like I'm you know it's poisoned to my ears, but uh, i I don't think it's helpful right now, because what does it matter who our sleepers are on July 21st <laughs> It doesn't Sorry. matter yet, but the thing is. the trend is going earlier and earlier. I mean, hell there's
1: all these drafts in March now before the NFL draft there, you know, there's a lot of best balls then. And then immediately right after there's a lot of, you know, the dynasty leagues are starting to fill in, but you know, we have, there are like fishbowl drafts started, you know, right after the 4th of July
2: and it's, it's done. But do do you think that's a good, like these are best ball. The reason best ball exists is because people are bored Yes. Want to do want to do a, right, right, do a right. draft, but don't want to have it count. So I'll just so anybody anybody I ha- accidentally draft in the thirteenth round who's good, I just win, right? So who cares what that freaking ADP is for that? Doesn't right. matter. Like and and for the purposes of fishbowl, like great, I love Scott. He's a guest regularly. He I, you know is a really great person. Love him. Mm-hmm. He does the fishbowl on on July first for a very specific reason, and it's not to produce the most competitive awesome fantasy league. It's because that's when people are not paying attention to anything else, <laughs> and, right? Right. Like and, I'm and, not going to build my model of how I cover fantasy around these artificial events that aren't going to be competitive leagues, for sure. And I think the argument in favor of
1: an early draft is before ADP settles and people start like launch, launch, latching on to your guys, you can get them maybe a little bit earlier than you, I mean, a little bit later than you would have otherwise.
2: You can get more of your guys. I think that's the argument in favor of drafting. Okay, player. I understand, but you tell me what's a more powerful uh, incentive. The notion that uh, I'm doing a draft months before it matters when I can get some of my guys, and then Cam Akers gets hurt.
1: Yeah, it's the it's the Jordy Nelson argument all over, too. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Um, and I, I think in your biggest leagues, you want to draft as late as possible. For 100% agree with that. Um, then just don't be like me and play like 17 leagues,
2: and then... To, you can't fit them all into the last two weeks. You just physically can't. Here's the problem with you, Jeff, is that you're too nice and you're too beloved in the industry, and you get asked to do so. See, so you just got to be curmudgeon and a jerk like me, and then nobody asks. You. <laughs> Which isn't true. I'm in a lot of leagues too, but yes. you know, probably not as many as you. I don't do like, I don't, I don't do FSGA. I don't really go to the conventions and stuff anymore. I did them so many times, and mm-hmm. there was that one that was in LA, and I was in LA, so I went. There was the one in Tampa 2019. Is that right? Yep. We yep. were that there was... to get. That's where we were starting to talk about Crown League together. Right, I right. That. I went, I went to, I'm doing that, by the way. That's happening. Are you? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Good. It it, it's now the Hall of Fame League. People. Okay. Are there. Yeah, it's, I'm looking uh, forward to hearing about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I'm not as much of a. Beloved figure inside the industry as you are. I, I don't I, think I'm I, unbeloved or anything, but you know, you're Jeff. Erickson. I think you, I think
1: you're the bigger name than I am, but uh, especially didn't for football. Big, I think
2: said beloved. I'm okay. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the imposing <laughs> person. Everybody like is like, oh, really? Ooh, back up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> know thyself. Know thyself.
2: Uh, quick note uh, from our next sponsor:
1: Dynasty Owner. Experience the fun of fancy football and the strategy of running an NFL franchise at dynastyowner.com. Dynasty Owner unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office and the business side of owning an NFL franchise. Build a roster of NFL players using their real-world real world, real world contact, contracts, easy enough for me to say, and salaries while staying under the salary cap. Compete weekly against the other teams in your league as you score points based on the player's real-world performance. Visit DynastyOwner.com to sign up.
2: All right, uh, a couple hey, more please. things. Can I just yeah. mention Dynasty, Dynasty Owner? They're yeah. sponsor for me too. Have you played? I haven't. I hear it's good. It's really good. I, so I played last year. They were sponsored my show last year. I, I think I might've been like the pilot. They, they sponsored me for the first time. It's, okay. it's really cool. It's really cool. Uh, people should definitely do it. Yeah. Uh, like the <clears throat> emphasis. I, so I hope Tim gets to hear this cause I'm saying it, I'm not getting paid to say this. Uh, right. Right. The, uh, like, so the, the whole idea is you do a draft and you have a salary cap and you, but you have to consider their real life contracts. That's the whole shebang. It's like, it's this. They have a patent. I don't think anybody else can do this. Um, so, like, a, 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 I don't know, an Aaron Rodgers type contract makes him not all that valuable because it's massive, right? You're looking for the cheap guys, so then you can aff- afford the massive guys. It makes you. It's crazy. Like Tom Brady didn't get drafted. I don't think in my league last year. Wow, that that's wow. That, yeah, that's that's huge. Of the money. Right, yeah, it's right. Really, it's really really cool. So people should check it out. I'm sorry to. Hijack, no, no. It's, I, it's uh, hey. You're helping our sponsor and
1: it's a good sponsor. We like yeah, that. We like that.
2: So yeah, check
1: it out highly. And may, maybe I'll do, maybe I'll have a franchise. I know a couple of our guys do, so uh, I'll check with them, see, uh, and maybe I'll just jump on with that. I think Joe Bartle uh, did it. And uh, so did uh, Jake Latarski. did the Tuesday podcast for us there. So definitely check it out. Um, okay. A couple more things before we let you go. Uh, okay. What's more important, individual player evaluation or draft structure? Like how you like, I, I you know, you know the you know how your league is set up. Is it more important to have like this draft plan, or is it or is player evaluation the bigger difference maker?
2: What's more important to you, eating or breathing, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> I I may, I may be false choice, it.
1: huh? I'm, okay. I'm throwing
2: the flag on the false dichotomy. But you know, um, I would say I don't typically go into drafts myself with a positional strategy. Mm-hmm. I usually I go in thinking more players especially in the few early rounds. I just kind of want to see what comes to me and whether I feel like, wow, I am valuing this player a lot higher than my league mates are. I really can't let him pass me by. I'm more likely to have that feeling in my drafts. But then once I know who I've taken early, often my draft very much becomes structural, becomes like, sure, let's sure. let's put together a team where I, f- I feel like, oh, boy, I took a big swing in the third round. Now I need to make sure I back something up with something a little safer at that position. Or maybe I just want it to be the big swing team and let's you know, complete feast or famine team and let's go let's go big swing after big swing after big swing. So I certainly am thinking both things. But I do think I'm probably early on I'm more thinking about the player than I am about like, my team structure. Okay.
1: And, and uh, you know, it's funny because we have a, co- a question in the comments. Mike asking, like, how many running backs do you draft? What rounds? When to switch to wide receivers? I don't want to be that dogmatic. Uh I, I you know I I, I if the draft has given me five awesome receivers, well, I'm going to take them because I want to get the best players. Uh period. And injuries do happen. Um this year you've seen this huge emphasis on trying to get early running backs cuz people are deathly scared of getting held without them. Like 11 of the top 12, 13 of the top 14, uh you see it on like and these are industry drafts usually. Uh you know th- that you see this more often than anything else. And yes. Uh, yeah, again don't know ADP. It's okay. I really don't. Uh, yeah. But I've seen it a lot. And part of me is like, I, I can't do that. I just, I, I, part of me doesn't want, you know, really wants to push back against forcing that. But at the same time, yeah, I, I do also know that there's a point where I'm not very happy about the running back pool. And I, I want to make sure I don't get left holding the bag. It, it's a, you know, it used to be that zero wide receiver was a big plan that, then start being like three, four people would do it, you know, get wide receivers in the first round and two or three people would get like three receivers to start their draft. You don't see that anymore.
2: I think you might once, once, once we got, uh, we're reacting way too strongly to last year. All the running backs got hurt, you know? So everybody got left holding the bag. Well, a lot of people in who play multiple leagues in some league you were in, you got left holding the bag because all the running backs got hurt, right? Everybody at the top of the draft got hurt. And so I think there's this, Rebound. I mean, I'm the last zero RB guy in the world. I'm. I'm not. I. That is has never been my approach. I always Mm -hmm. have running backs valued the highest. It is where it's scarcest. It's where the fewest special players play. There are there are so many special receivers. There aren't that many special running backs. It's why the top of a draft should be running back. Period. End of story. So, I just think this is news to me. You're telling me that now nobody's going zero RB. Everybody's taking running backs. I would say
1: there's like usually one out of twelve teams that does it as opposed to three or four and when three or four do it, by the way, it really hurts you. You know, it, exactly. it's like, you know, you but want I'm... to do this alone. That's
2: you right. don't want to have to do this with everybody That's else. Right. <laughs> um, you know, my, my feeling is I'm not, I don't, I, I, I have to do my combined overall ranks for the Almanac here and for the website here in the next yep. week. I've kind of stayed away as I've been, I write like 250 profiles. Yeah. I, I, don't know if I Did I ever tell you I used to write the magazine, the ESPN magazine? Like, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. The, the newsstand print magazine. I wrote, I wrote the player profiles. I was the one who wrote all, all the p- profiles. And so that's where my almanac came from. I basically, I was like, well, I used to do that. I'll, let's, let's do it, but sell it as a PDF, not as a magazine. And also because it's a PDF, I could just write a lot more. You've seen it. It's mostly a joke delivery mechanism, but there's also some analysis in it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I'm focused a lot. You know, my, my days are mostly that writing, writing that and getting it ready. Uh, and so I'm, I'm, fixing to put together my combined ranks for the first time here and putting them on the website and put them on in the Almanac. And I'm not going to have 11 or 12 running backs before wide receivers. No way. The running backs scare the bejesus out of me. Joe Mixon, love him when he's talented. He's really, really talented, but my God, he scares the bejesus out of me. There's definitely running backs. I mean, wide receivers that I will take in front of Joe Mixon, no question about it. So so maybe this is the year where I'm, I'm going to look like the lesser RB guy. I don't know. We'll see.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see. And that, that's just the thing. And we take away one off the top, like Cam Akers. I mean, that that already kind of starts the ball rolling. You know, It, sure. it was creates that top level top? of scarcity. Where was he on your list? I think it was like 9 or 10.
2: Okay. I think I had him... I can't remember either 11 or 12. I had yeah. Nixon out of him. Uh, yeah, I'm... I, I'm... Here's the thing. Some of the wide receivers crapped out last year, too, right? Michael Thomas, as the one, got hurt. right. And so there's a... I think different people feel bruised by different experiences last year. So many injuries, so many leagues, basically you were not competitive in because you lost your first two picks. It's just so many injuries. Right. Um, Your larger point is the right one, which at least it's in my view, it's the way I approach it. Similarly, I I agree with what you're saying, which is I don't feel like I get, if I'm at pick 10 or 11 or something, I don't feel like I'm locked in. I don't have a choice, guys. I got to take a running back. Like that's not, how I feel at all. I do feel that way at four. You know, I sure, do feel that way of early. Course, of course. Those running backs can work out at the back, say, you know, the eighth, ninth, 10th, best running back certainly can work out. I think Joe Mixon is a stud, but remind me again, what was his, in- what was his injury? They never really told us, right?
3: Oh, <laughs> yeah.
2: They just said he hurt. He's, he's in pain and didn't have surgery. They didn't really tell us. He just kind of kept not being on the field. Yeah. So, you know, just- it, was
1: a, it was such a terrible year last year uh, for some various reasons. But that was one of them there. um, Yeah, it, it's it's kind of scary. You know, that, you know, it, the fact that they didn't have to disclose that much, too. And, you know, that's fine. I mean, HIPAA and all. And, you know, you don't have caring is creepy, but sometimes we need to know, too. But, yeah, it was week after week after week. You're absolutely right. That was the thing that was, you know, at least I can, you know, if I know I can act accordingly but we just didn't know it was a okay. foot injury and then it's like oh we'll see next week that was week 16 he's saying that I mean come on Zach Taylor stop doing that to us but anyways <laughs> um I asking about you how did you get into writing football watching football becoming
2: a fantasy analyst how did you get on get all the way to ESPN so I um ha- I have an MBA I got it pretty young okay um, and then was kind of uh living in Austin and had businesses that kind of, they were okay, We uh, it was fine. Uh, never really, like I, I decided Austin was a little too hot weather-wise for me. So I, I wound up leaving and coming back to New England and being a creative director for an ad agency and uh, working at a few dot .com startups and just kind of not being all that happy and really, really, really wanted to be a writer. So I wound up going back to school in my early thirties for um, creative writing, for an MFA in fiction writing which okay. uh, was awesome and made me a better writer. And I've now published books, which is awesome. I'm very happy, thankful. And um, all I knew coming out of they call that a terminal degree, an MFA. They call it a terminal degree for a reason. <laughs> There's not a lot you can do with it. <laughs> all I really knew was from my working experience in my 20s is I really didn't want to get a real job. And so I was looking around for a way to write. And Matthew Barry, his website was talentedmroto.com. Yes, launched it. He of careers. Right. right they had a contest and i won the contest and the reward for winning the contest you, you wrote a column like i wrote a fantasy football column i think it was a it was like a waiver column i like wrote a fake waiver column like it was remember chris wilson k-r-i-s chris wilson yes right i remember calling i remember in that column i was like the chris Wilsonification of fantasy football where everybody's just trying to out clever one another when tony gonzalez was in kansas city it's like not that smart um and the, the reward was to write for that website for no money. And then Yahoo saw my stuff and hired me to write for money. That was Brandon Funston. Yes. A very good friend of mine. And uh, then Matt went to ESPN and said, hey, if you can get a your Yahoo contract, you can come to ESPN. And Brandon was a mensch, the mensch I mean, you're pretty nice, Jeff. I'll say it's a tie between you and Brandon. It's the two nicest people. Oh, you're,
1: you're like, too kind. Brandon is awesome.
2: Yeah, Brandon yeah. is an unbelievably nice human being. And he was like, listen, it's too good of an opportunity. You got to go. So we were the people who came in to ESPN, like the pirates. You know, they gave us, like, no workspace. They didn't think it was a big thing. They took, you know, there was, like, a couple people who thought fantasy was going to be really big at ESPN. But everybody else was like, what? Yeah. And there was a lot of that. The For a long time at ESPN, there's a lot of that, like producers treating you bad like looking down on you thinking what are you even doing here and i was rough on tv at first i'd never done it you know i was sure rough. i remember the very first espn news segment i did when espn news was really a thing it was me, I and, nate, me and nate rabbits uh on set with a, i can't remember who the host was and uh i remember my parents taped it and watched it and we were, they were like, Oh, that was good. You know, it was one of those. <laughs> yeah, good. My son's looked, on TV. Yay. I looked yeah. really nervous. Uh, but you know, I did it about a thousand other times and now there's really nothing you can throw at me that I, I'm going to get nervous over. Um, yeah. So I stayed at ESPN for eight years and then it was probably about time. It just felt like it was about time. So I left and started my own thing. Really not. I left not to start my own thing. I left just cause I kind of was over it. I, It it seems crazy to say, but it was like Groundhog's Day. Every Mm -hmm. year was like Groundhog's Day. There was no difference. My tasks were always gonna be the same. They were fun tasks. It's really cool to be able to do this, but it just like, there was no, that was like, it was was always gonna be what it was gonna be. And uh, so I left and I just happened to leave like in August of 2015 and um, thought, okay, well, I always kind of wished I had a five day a week podcast to cover the NFL. So let's see what that would be like now. How do you make a podcast? How do you record it? How do you upload it? How do you host it? How do you promote it? How do you get ads? How do you do anything? I knew absolutely, absolutely nothing, and uh, I'm, you know, it just it came along at the right time and it worked out.
1: Yeah, it sure has. You got a huge following. You do the YouTube channel now too, Uh, and you know, I your production value on the YouTube channel is something that I'm I'm envious of because I that's not that's
2: not a skill I have yet. Um, and I think it's, it's really cool. A lot of the work you do. Well, can I just say that I do very little of it? I do the podcast by myself. I produce my own podcast, but uh, YouTube, I have two producers, Dave Piper and Dave Hewitt, both of whom are named Dave and both of whom live in Michigan. Uh, and so it strikes me that probably cousins without knowing it, but, (laughs) um, but they're both wonderful human beings and they're, they do all the production work. So any compliments that about the way things look. Like the content, a lot of the time is me, and I noticed you didn't mention the content was good, but the look, I agree, is, is uh, I'm just no. kidding, but the uh, the look is great. Like they they do a wonderful film. Uh, the, you know, it's a lot of uh, showing you NFL game film. It's a lot of, the reason we thought to do a YouTube channel was because the podcast is not visual. You know, I'm talking about plays, but not really being able to show people plays. And um, we have a great graphic designer who I, Dylan... Uh, Magali, who I work with on, he does my almanac. He does, he's done book covers for me. He's awesome. So he, he provides the Daves with tools to make the, make the production values good. I, I hope I'm glad you enjoy it.
1: Yeah, it's excellent. You guys should check it out. Check out the Harris football channel on YouTube. Check out HarrisFootball.com. What else can they see when they go to Harris football?
2: I don't know not much i got ranks up there the youtube channel we we actually haven't posted new content since we did the draft prospect videos right but we're august 1st we're about to go bananas and post a video every day i think ish so yeah people hopefully subscribe that's the biggest thing is people subscribe to that youtube channel would help us a lot uh at harris football there is it's it's meant like so i don't write articles anymore I don't write about fantasy. I write for the podcast to say things, but I don't really write complete sentences. I write the almanac. I guess I write for fantasy a little bit, Jeff. But mm-hmm. uh but I don't there's no like regular articles or anything. That's you can find ranks uh and you can find like descriptions of the podcast and that's it's kind of a it's a what a great website. I just manage it myself. I should probably ha- have a bigger website. You guys have no, a big they, website. You know, uh we have a lot of people Doing that too. It started, we started off as three people
1: and yeah. now we're like 35 full timers, hundreds of people that do an article here, a team there, sport there, uh, you name it. It just, it's, it's amazing how much it's grown. I used to do ESPN news also, uh, you know, Carabelle got me, Eric Carabelle, another really nice human being got oh, me yeah. on Fridays. Um, I'd go on with Brian Kenny when they were doing the hot list. I do the fantasy Three Hundred and Fifty. Uh, him or Michael Kim, another awesome, awesome person. Both of those yes. guys really love them both. Um, oh, really? And yeah, I was rough on camera too. One time I went up to Bristol uh, and that was a fun experience. I was right when Matthew was getting started there, actually. I don't know. Somehow we didn't cross paths when I went up there, but.
2: Yeah. So I live where I am right now. You know that I'm in LA most of the year, but I have my my place that I used to live in that I kept. I'm in Amherst, Massachusetts, which is, uh, I don't know, 75 minutes from Bristol. So the the Amherst to Bristol express, I had to do that (laughs) two two times a week back and forth. Uh, It was a, pretty massive pretty massive undertaking Uh, but i certainly spent thousands of hours on that campus for sure and have lots of good memories and i mean carabelle is awesome and tristan cockroft awesome like yes just super 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 great guys
1: yeah they are they are really awesome hey i kept you longer than i promised uh so i want to thank you so much for coming on today it was a lot of fun thank you for help launching a full week of podcasts here on rotowire and uh Hey, we're going to play some golf soon. We're going to play some poker soon, and uh, we'll, we'll talk a lot more, I'm sure. I'm, I'm going to be on yours next week, so talk yeah. to you soon. Okay, thanks for having me. It was really fun. Bye, everybody. Thank you. All right. Chris Harris, everybody. Uh, please go use uh, winbet.com, w y n n b e tcom if you can bet in your locality. And thanks for listening. Have a great day.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium?